E-S-N-Y. I'm not going to say three all rights because that's Matthew McConaughey's thing, so only two. All right, all right, all right. Nope, nope, can't do that. I think that's patented. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, Dallas Buyers Club. It's been on the list forever. And it's free. I didn't even even know it was from a movie. I just thought it was the Matthew McConaughey. That's what he talks like. (laughs) I think it's Dallas Buyers Club. I could be totally wrong about that because, again, I haven't seen the movie, so... It could be entirely wrong. Hmm. Uh, a pretty slow week for Yankees baseball. I don't know how we're going to fill up an entire hour. We might really not. nothing going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. I Me mean, and Rob used to go for like half an hour when we first started, and we were like, "Yeah, that that'll do." I mean, really, it's you know, ever the last time we recorded, they won the AL East, and now it's just uh, you know, kind of waiting <laughs> yeah and i guess i we are we're also not going to get home field advantage so that stinks against the astros should it come to that i don't know i think we have home field still over the dodgers correct should it come to that i believe so um I was at, yeah i was actually thinking about this too because i mean obviously you would say if the astros were knocked out in the first round which would oh, be the nice. Dodgers have a game on us. Oh, okay. Either way, that's I don't think a home field advantage against the Dodgers. I don't. I don't care about it. It doesn't matter to me. The Yankees that's, already. I'm what not did they take? The Dodgers at all? They take two or three from uh, in Los Angeles earlier this year. They know how to play there. They'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's really just the Astros that scare me. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. not. I, I prefer to have home field advantage against them, obviously, but it's not going to happen. And now I'm just concerned about, let's just get everybody to the playoffs healthy. <laughs> You're telling me. Um, the whole Gio Urshela scare. Just, Yikes. And, of course, it had to happen against the Rays. Like, ugh, just Nothing good ever s- happens at the trap. Nothing. Just makes me so angry. I mean, they lose power there. They throw at Yankees players there. CC Sabathia just turns into like the Hulk there. Like, it's just because uh, nothing good happens there. It's, it's a shitty. A it's place. a shitty ballpark. It's a horrible place to be. It is, and right. they can't even fill it. Yeah, I can't. I can't even fathom having to go there for like, like should I actually don't even really know how the wild card thing is looking out now because i know we kind of just wrote off the indians but they're back in the picture they're a game and a half back i was gonna say they're a game and a half back in the second wild card spot um looks like the first spot is pretty locked up that second spot still slightly up for grabs but right now it you know with the rays beating the yankees two in a row it it looks like it might be them against oakland yeah either way we're getting the twins 
But oh yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't imagine an ALDS where you had to go. Uh, you have to go to Oakland or to the Trop for two games. I was really rooting for the Indians because, you know, with any luck, the Astros will lose in the first round. And I am terrified of both the Trop and the Coliseum because they're both just the shittiest places that have ever existed. Right, right. I mean, it's it's so nice to not have to worry about that wild card game for the first time in, like, forever. Oh, but- yeah. But looking at even our, you know, the next opponent, I mean, this is this is the playoffs. You know, it's it's not like they're going to be playing the Baltimore Orioles again. They're going to be playing the best teams in baseball and the teams that are, they all want to be there and they all want to win too. Um, it's not going to be easy at all. And I think a lot of people are just kind of writing it off and saying, yeah, well, the Yankees are just that good. They are. But these other teams are pretty darn good too. And who knows what's going to happen in October. Yeah, you can be as good as you want to be, but you still have to win the games. Right. Like it doesn't mean it doesn't mean shit if you lose in the first round of the Twins and you say, "Oh, it was kind of a fluke." Yeah, well, a fluke doesn't get you a ring. So right, right. I mean, this season is obviously going to go down in history just because of the injuries and how they ended up in the regular season. But like, honestly, the the whole narrative about winning the World Series, like, it's. It is. It's going to be a failure if they don't win, because they definitely can. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the whole storyline, like, next year, this storyline goes away. It's no longer, like, look at all these injuries and look how these guys stepped up. It's, well, Gio Urshela was this last year. What is he this year? And Mike Tockman, he, I mean, he had one of the best month and a half spans out of anybody in the majors. And now what are you getting from him next year? And it just, that whole storyline goes away because all of a sudden there's expectations. Mm-hmm. Very true. Brett Gardner, same thing. You know, you're going to, if you're going to re-sign him to another one-year deal, you're probably not getting the same Brett Gardner that you got this year. I hope not. Maybe he'll become even more of a power hitter. Oh, that's what I was leaning towards, yes. Yes, that's of course, obviously. Yeah. I was implying I mean, He's only getting better. He's only getting better. Only, it's like a fine wine. He only gets better with age. He's got five years before he even starts his decline. It's it's quite entertaining, but yeah, I mean this. I, I, listen, I'm nervous. I you know, everyone's just kind of like, oh, this is nice and relaxing. You know, we don't have to worry about the wild card game. I'm freaking out. Okay, I'm yeah. No, this is out. like a week of of we're not freaking out, and then come next week, like we're freaking out again. <laughs> the anxiety is so real. And I have anxiety all the time, but baseball season anxiety and postseason anxiety, the worst. I am the worst oh, yeah. postseason baseball watcher. Just terrible. Dude, especially the wild card game last year. I was The entire day, I, I thought I was going to be sick. Uh, I was like, I know we can beat the A's. I know we're better than them. But, like, what if one of their pitchers has a good day? And exactly. our bats aren't going, and they get, like, two solo shots, and that's all they need. Like, that's the problem with the one-game playoff, is that you just, everything is so important. At least now we get, like, a whole, we get five games to be like, all right, we're clearly the better team, but, like, still got to prove it. But listen, that's what I said back in 2017. I was like, okay, they won the wild card game. We got five games. Indians win game one. Indians win game two. I went berserk. I was out of my mind. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I thought we had five games. Now we have to uh, actually win 
And it's just do or die. Just do or die. And that's pretty terrifying. (laughs) That was a really good Indians team, too. Yeah. Really good. Kluber, uh, Bauer. Did they have Carrasco up by then, I think? Um, I think they did. All I remember is um, just Didi surprising everyone and going deep twice off Kluber in Game 5. I mean... I postseason DD. I need postseason DD. I'm right. starting to have a hard time fitting him into the starting lineup. I mean, I just I need something from him. I need a postseason DD is like a different monster. He definitely is. I mean, he he just looks completely locked in in the postseason every single time. But regular season, he's not looking so great. I mean, I, I'm just going to say it. He's straight up bad right now. He's just <gasps> not good. He is not playing well. This is not the DD that I know. You're right. You're right. I'm looking at the stats for the past seven days. Is he having a little turnaround? Where is he? Oh, here he is. Batting 226. No. I'm sorry. That's not. Oh, I'm sorry. That was post. That's post All-Star break. That's um, that's, uh, that's like a whole season. Yeah, no, that's exactly. Um, no, in the past uh, seven days, he's been batting 067. Oh, no, that's even worse. Yeah, one hit. Uh, uh, Four yeah, strikeouts, one walk. Well, here's the other thing, too, is he was um, in that postseason, he wasn't just swinging the bat well. He was seeing his pitches so much better. He was laying off the low pitches. He was laying off the, uh, you know, the high and inside pitches. And now he's just kind of swinging at all of them. He's just kind of trying to fight his way out of a paper bag, and he can't do it. Yeah, I mean, he's never had, like, great plate discipline. Like, right. He kind of reminded me of Starling Castro, where it's like your batting average and your OBP, you're going to kind of, it's going to kind of be the same thing. These aren't guys that are coming out to walk. They're coming out to hit or they're going down. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously he's on the roster, but I just don't know how they're going to find any at-bats for him when the decision, it's not the decision to play him at shortstop for defense. It's, are you really going to take Luke Voigt out of the lineup or Edwin Encarnacion? Like, you're not. Ugh. Didi, come on, man. He can. We know he's capable of so much more. I know. I, I almost think maybe he just rushed back. Like he came back so soon, and that was great. But then he just hasn't been the same Didi. I almost wonder if he rushed back, and then when he was finally like a hundred percent healthy, then you're in the middle of this really bad streak. And what are you gonna do? Like you're just. Your mindset isn't right anymore. Right. No, I, I could see. They, they brought him back as, as soon as they could, right? Maybe even a little earlier. Yeah. yeah I mean, I we th- all thought it was great, too. We were like, yo, this is like, Didi's ready to go. He's been, he's been itching to go. And I, maybe it was too early. Who knows? I feel, yeah. I feel like the Yankees have done that a couple times. Um, you know, bringing people back a little too soon. Um that could very well be the case with Didi. I mean, who knows? Maybe he needed those extra at-bats. Maybe he needed some extra time down in AAA to kind of... It, did he have any time in AAA, now that I'm thinking about it? I think... I'm pretty sure he did, because 
I think he hit. I think he hit a home run in one of his first at bats, and everyone and that was just like, sent oh. everybody off. Yeah, like, oh yeah, Didi's ready to go. Call him up. Call him up. But he just wasn't. That's and he the still problem. Isn't. That's uh, the problem. People are like, as soon as someone hits a home run, they're like, up, oh, they're back, they're back, they're ready to go. I mean, Stanton yeah. did it too. Stanton, the Stanton hate going around Twitter right now is driving me insane. He is Twitter public enemy number one right now for all Yankees fans. I mean, I here's the funny it. thing. The funny thing is that they literally got one hit by Charlie Morton. Um, shut out by Charlie Morton. And everyone's like, oh, it's fine. Every single time Stanton did something like struck out, grounded out, immediately he was he was the scapegoat for the entire the entire team. They're like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. I'm like, well, Aaron Judge struck out. Brett Gardner's yeah. been grounding out. Everybody else did equally bad. You can't just put this on John Garla. Oh, no. He's an easy target to do so because people have done it so far and he's got a giant contract. So people assume giant contract. You have to have a hit in every single at bat. You just have to. That's the worst. I don't I'll never understand how people like in their mindset, a guy goes from being an arbitration eligible player or like someone on an affordable contract. And you're just like you're just happy that they're doing well. And all of a sudden they get their big payday. And your expectations go from this guy's a 300 hitter to this guy better hit 450 or he's a bust. Right. It is absurd. I mean, they honestly, people did the same thing with Alex Rodriguez. Um, I know Twitter wasn't quite as popular during, Thank you know, his. God. <laughs> he would have gotten slandered. Like, and you know, he would have gone on himself and like fought back too because. That's just the kind of dude he is, or he was as yeah, a player. He was. No, he's very, very different now. Exactly. I, I think J Lo changed him. Yeah, I love new A Rod. You know, I've been I've been saying this before. I mean, it's truly amazing how A Rod went from one of the most hated players to now everyone loves him, and he's just you know this phenomenal being in the sports world. And then Derek Jeter almost did the exact opposite in a way. Um, yeah, but he also he also just destroyed the Marlins. Right. Like didn't even didn't even really rebuild. It wasn't like a let's blow it up and start over. Like he destroyed the Marlins. Right, exactly. And you know, obviously as a player, he was so well respected. Everyone had the nicest things to say about him. Great guy. And now everyone's just like, especially in Miami, they're like, what are you doing? We hate You're- this guy. Right. So really, I mean, it's it's phenomenal the way their their roles have almost switched. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Oh boy, I just turned on MLB Network just to get a game on, and the only game I can watch right now is the White Sox and the Indians. Boo! It's just the most uninteresting game of all time, and the White Sox are winning too. So this is oh, just like the most uninteresting game of all time. <laughs> Um, wait, have you have you been to Progressive Field? I haven't. I've only been to uh, this year. I knocked two off my list, so okay. I've been to Yankee Stadium, obviously. Uh, I've been to City, and then this summer I went to Nationals Park and I went to Fenway. I haven't been uh, anywhere else yet. You should definitely go to Progressive. That is I actually hear it's beautiful. 
It's one of my favorites. Um, I mean, besides Camden Yards, of course. Actually, just That's kidding. That's on my list, too. It's my third favorite. To the ones I've been to. First, oh, okay. or top one is Camden Yards. Um, second is PNC Park. Um, I really want to go to PNC. Yeah, Pittsburgh. It is gorgeous. Just like looking out and seeing the bridges and you can literally go around the stadium and just stare out at the river. It's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And then third has to be progressive for me. I just I've been there a couple times actually and the first time I went um I think I was about ooh, 13 14 years old. Um went with my family and you know we were like oh this is great. We really enjoyed the ballpark. Um however there was a drunk gentleman yelling things about Derek Jeter and how he had certain diseases and um we were scarred for life. Yikes. It was. <laughs> so that's when I got my first taste of the fact that there are drunk people in this world and they're not friends of Derek Jeter's. At no, and they're house. all really mean. Uh, some of them are. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them, like this gentleman, just wanted to make sure that we all knew about Derek Jeter's um, issues. Yeah. I almost, like, I don't know what that rumor was, because, you know, bad memory, but I kind of want to ask you, but I also don't really want to bring that into the world. So we'll talk <laughs> well, about it later. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep that one off the air. But. but yes, I mean, if you get a chance to go to Progressive, I would definitely say go. And um, the only thing, though, is I noticed that Progressive, as I was sitting there watching the Yankees, um, I went two years ago maybe it was three years ago now um nope two years ago i went when it was sunny gray's first start as a yankee oh no but listen he actually pitched well the yankees just oh, made the errors in 2017 yeah that's like the weird people forget sunny gray was really good in 2017 and he got and no run support and he's just got a little baby face and stuff and you just you can't be mad at him but that game specifically, the Yankees made three errors in the first inning and gave up three yeah, runs. Yeah, well, I'm mad at Sonny Gray now. But 2017, I, I was preaching from the hills. Like, Sonny Gray is a good pitcher. He's just getting no run support. He's giving you quality start after quality start, and then that just went down the shitter real quick. I think there is a um, another article that someone wrote. Um, I think Lindsay Adler shared it on um, on Twitter about Sonny Gray and basically the explanation why things were so different for him in 2018 and in the Bronx as opposed to this year. Because this year, honestly, he should have been nominated for Comeback Player of the Year. Was he not? He, he was not. I mean, he was... You can't get any more comeback from <laughs> what happened in 2018. So, like, even if you were just a fifth starter for a team, like, that's a huge comeback. And he's been really good this year. And it really grinds my gears. Don't care for it. I never actively root against people, but also if Sonny Gray was bad, I would just be like, oh, oh well. <laughs> I mean, basically, uh, what happened is he got booed out of like out of the Bronx. Nobody wanted anything to do with him at oh, all. Absolutely not. And he goes to the Reds, and he's an All Star. Good for they him. Just don't, they just don't care as much. There's not, yeah. Everyone, I, New York is the worst. 
with our fans. I've never booed a Yankee before. And I obviously, we're speaking to the exact clientele that I'm insulting right now. But just in general, Yankees fans are the worst. It's You just look online for like 30 seconds and you just lose all faith in humanity. <laughs> and especially on off days. Off days are when people just go nuts. Oh, it gets weird. It gets really weird. Yankees Twitter is a dangerous place when the Yankees aren't playing. It's a dangerous place when the Yankees are playing, but when the Yankees aren't playing, all that anger has to get directed somewhere. And instead of it being directed at Giancarlo Stanton for having three ground outs of 115 miles per hour, it gets directed at just whoever can, whoever's there, whoever's listening. Yeah, we should just direct our angers to um, strangers on the internet. It just makes the most sense, you know? Yeah, well, that's how you do it in 2019. This is the internet age. The golden age of technology, and we use it to insult people online. Can you imagine what the world would have been like? Like, even with, you know, A-Rod's massive contract, like, if Twitter was around at that time and Twitter was popular at that time. Oh, my God. I couldn't. I, everybody was even meaner back then. Yeah, exactly. You could just go online and, like, hide behind a little Twitter egg. Like, you had to get used to saying that shit to people's face. And they did. They certainly did. And, yeah, I, it would have been so, so strange. Like, thinking about all these, like, big sports events, what would happen if, like, the internet was around during that time frame? Just so interesting. Like, did you imagine 2004 ALCS? Oh, my God. Red Sox like, fans would have been all up in the mentions, you know, like. Yeah, or, they sorry. were living in the mentions. And Yankees fans just completely losing their minds. I mean, I was I was a kid back then, and I remember losing my mind in school the next day when, <laughs> like, after the first Red Sox win, my friends were like, "Oh, we got one," and I said, "Yeah, it doesn't matter." And then by the time Game Seven comes around, like, I didn't even want to go to school the next day. Like, I just couldn't face the music because I had talked so much shit to all my friends, and then the Yankees lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> online, there's nowhere to run from that. It's just people you don't even know coming at you. You know what? The internet is forever, and so are receipts. So even if you delete your tweets, they are still there. Oh, yeah. Screenshots are forever. Oh, yes. Absolutely. But, yeah, 2004, that would have been a wild one. <laughs> Unbelievable. Also, staying in the same vein as insulting the very team and fan base that we support so mightily, Yankee Stadium kind of sucks compared to <laughs> other stadiums. It does. I mean, I hate saying that because I I love going to Yankee Stadium. It feels to me like I'm I'm going home. And just being there is just such an incredible experience for me. But mostly just to see who's on the field and you know, yeah, batting it's practice. It's not like the atmosphere. Like right. Like, well when I like when I went to Fenway, I walked in and I was like, this is like I never got this feeling when I was at Yankee Stadium where I'd walk in and be like, this is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I was like, I'm here to watch a baseball game for my team. Like, I went to Fenway for the whole experience of it all. And the Yankees right. just happened to be playing. And I went to National Park just to be like, I want to see this ballpark. And I got there and I saw the president's race. And I saw, you know, everybody. There's actually Nationals fans. I never really truly believed it. The only fans that I know exist are Yankees and Red Sox fans and Mets fans. Although I don't know how they still exist. But, and if they're okay. I mean, ooh. 
No, they're not Sorry, okay. Guys. Sorry, guys. Not okay. Oh, did you know what that reminds me of? Did you see Marcus Stroman's tweet the other day? Yes, I did. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Marcus Stroman wants to be a Yankee so bad. Oh yeah. He, I mean, it's not the point where it's like it's like when you're jealous of an ex girlfriend. So mm-hmm. instead of like trying to change your life to fit what they thought you should have been, you just trash talk them on the internet. And like you somehow think that's going to get you back in their good graces. But in reality, you're just trash talking them on the internet. He just wants the attention. You know, he, he really just wants the Yankees to sit there and be like, yeah, well, we made a mistake. So let's, uh, let's sign him, sign him next year. I don't Oh, no, Marcus. I don't even want him anymore because he burned the bridge. He burned the bridge. You went and you wanted to be petty online and you got your wish. You were petty online. I don't fucking want you anymore. You know what? We returned all his stuff, you know, gave him gave him the box of his goodies and sent him on his way to the uh, the little brother of New York. Yeah, where they barely ever make the playoffs. So, like, congrats. You're playing in, like, the coolest city in the world. You're in front of your hometown fans. You're playing for the wrong fucking team, though. Poor Mets. Poor Mets. But, hey, listen, they gave a good run this year. They really did. And Pete Alonso was having a hell of a rookie season. Judges was better. But. Yeah, better. Alonso has. I don't care for the comparisons. I don't care for the comparisons. Like, I know their home run numbers are, like, neck and neck, obviously. That's all Pete Alonso does. He doesn't yeah. like he doesn't get on base. He doesn't steal. He doesn't make good plays in the field. Like he doesn't run well. It's like Aaron Judge is the most complete player. Maybe yeah, I mean he, he's it's tough to find a more complete player than Aaron Judge. Who can just right. at the flip of a switch hit for contact, power, he can run the bases, he can field strong throwing arm. Prime example. Field awareness the other day when he came in from the outfield to cover second base to tag out whoever was caught in a rundown. Oh, yeah. And that's like, that's a hustle play, too. Mm-hmm. They, nobody, they, they were saying, it's like, yeah, this, this is technically the right play to make, but how often do you see a right fielder sprint 200 feet to cover second base? Like, you just don't oh. see it. Well, I will say that if you watched me in my kickball doubleheader tonight, I did that. By the way, kickball, terrible, terrible sport to play. Just the worst. Oh, no. I I was in right field, and I just, every single play, I was like, I have to go back up first base. Like, that's what I'm used to doing. And people are like, what are you doing? That's the play. You run to first base in case the ball gets passed. Well, the ball got passed once, and I saved it. So saved an extra base. You're welcome. Hustle play. Allison hustle play case. What can I say? I learned it from Aaron Judge. He taught me that the other night. And Brett Gardner. Let's not not forget Brett Gardner. He's the king of hustle. Brett Gardner has taught me so many lessons in my life. There's just too many to count. I can't even give him credit anymore because he's just a part of my life. I mean, yeah, the, the, the big clip from last week was you crying, but people forget you also. Anyone who listened to it will know, but you just made yourself cry about Brett Gardner because you were eating lunch. Yeah, well, that was it was important. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine like I, I don't know. I love that kind of stuff. But then again, at the same time, 
when my brain kind of goes like that, sometimes it goes in negative directions and I'll be like, oh my God, what if they get to the World Series and then they get swept and Brett Gardner does nothing and then they don't sign him next year? Like, it's positive and negative. So that day I was just feeling great and I hope that would be the truth. I hope that Brett Gardner would play well if they do get to the World Series and be a huge part of that playoff run and... You know, maybe win the World Series MVP. I would definitely cry. Definitely cry. Yeah, no, I can see it. I almost... Yeah. That's... Like, if we do post-games, post-game live videos, that's, like, number one. Like, it's just going to open on you crying. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm <laughs> just going to... It'll be, like, a half-hour video of you just crying and talking about Brett Gardner. I won't even be a part of it. I'll just be sitting there. You'll just, you'll just be there for moral support. Yeah, exactly. Be like, you know what? I, you're weird, but I'm here for you anyway. No, see, uh, but I'm like one of those weird people who also doesn't think that's so weird to cry about Brett Gardner. Because like, I I got pretty emotional for Mariano's last game and Derek Jeter's last game. Like, I get it. I don't know. Brett Gardner never really did that for me, but. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll see his last game. He'll have like a whole retirement tour next year. And he'll, like he'll announce it early. We'll all know. You'll obviously come down for his last game at Yankee Stadium. And then everyone in the stadium will just cry for Brett Gardner. Honestly, I don't want to think about him having a last game. But it does make me laugh to think that possibly the retiree gifts from all the different teams are going to be a piece of the dugout roof. Like it has to be. <laughs> It just has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I have something totally off topic for what we've been talking about, but I've been coming across it on Twitter all day today. Do you remember the Corazon Twitter, uh, commercial? The what? The original Eric Holtz slap tear? No. You're, oh, you don't remember this? The commercial last year where it was the woman trying to get into America? Oh, she Corazon. Treatment. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I yeah, totally what's up? forgot about that. Somebody brought it up today, and it was like a, a poll about which commercial was worse, the Eric Holtz commercial or oh, the yeah. Corazon commercial. Totally forgot about that. It was definitely Corazon because by the probably the second month, I had it all memorized. And oh, yeah. I, so, still, I can still remember it. Yeah, so the trailer, it would just, you know, it would pop up and they would start doing it. And I would be like sitting there mindlessly doing something else, just repeating every single line. And my parents would be like, what? what was that i'm like oh nothing nothing no problem and it was also super depressing at least eric holtz's story has a good ending we think um you have to check out the rest of his story oh i might have to i know i did see on twitter which is clearly the reliable source that he plays for like a professional baseball team in israel and he's not even the oldest guy on this team interesting hey Uh, yeah you know, I am on Twitter as well because that's where we get a lot of our news. Um, I just wanted to say I think we should give a, a shout out to our girl Caroline. Absolutely. Caroline's the best. Caroline, you're phenomenal. She's a great person. Just just love this girl. Like one day I was just having a bad day and she sent me money for Dunkin' Donuts. Like, what a girl. Yeah, shout out Caroline. 
Shout out to Caroline. Thanks for downloading our podcast because I know you don't like podcasts and you won't listen to them if we tell you to. So we really appreciate it and we wanted to give you a shout out. You are our fan of the week. I just made that up. We have a fan of the week now. It's Caroline. You know what? It'll just be Caroline every week though. Sounds good to me. We go with fan of the week. It'll just be Caroline every week. Awesome. Caroline, do something funny on Twitter every single week and we'll highlight it for you. Speaking of Twitter, I have my Katie Sharp stat of the day. Good, because Allison Case doesn't have her Allison Case stat of the week. It's been slow. Oh, no. I know. I've, I've had a busy week, guys. It was my birthday week. I've been eating a lot of cake, and that makes me tired. And then I go to bed oh, early. Oh, happy birthday officially on the podcast, too. Oh, thanks, happy guys. Happy birthday officially. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm officially, I'm going to tell you all, I'm officially 27 years old. Um, oh, boy. I know, I, ranks. I know, I know, it's crazy, and, um, you know, but that just means that I've been a Yankee fan for 27 years of my life, and there's still many, many more good years to come, I think. Absolutely. I have a question for you, and it's very revealing about you as a person. Uh-oh. Have you ever used the 27 rings argument? I have a t-shirt that no. says that. <laughs> um, but you've never, have you used it as a trump card in an argument? Where you're just like, you're done arguing, so you just say, yeah, well, 27 rings, so it doesn't matter. Um, only when someone is just, won't listen to anything else I'm saying. So, like, for example, I have this friend that I play Frisbee with, and last year he was, like, bragging about, um, about how good the Red Sox were, and yada yada, and I was just like, dude, like... You know, I, I, was, I was going through everything, I was like, yes, they're a great team this year. But, you know, the Yankees in the past, they're like, you're living in the past. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Because... Yeah, he's living in the past now. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, you know what? Every argument that I, I gave to him, he just wasn't listening. So I was like, okay, 27 rings and just walked away. But I mainly used it when I was in, like, fourth grade. Or, like, okay. you know, when it was I, all right. 26. Was, it says a lot about a person when their first argument is 27 rings. Oh, Sure. Sure. Is someone doing that to you? Do I have to beat them up? Do we have to put them in Yankees Twitter jail? No, I think we'd be on the same side of that argument. Okay. It's yeah, mostly you're, I guess you're right. Red Sox fans. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Besides the point, the KD Sharp stat of the day is about our guy, Tyler Wade, our favorite, the fastest person alive, and it's another stat about him being fast. Tyler Wade is 7 for 7 in steal attempts this season, and three of those seven steals are for third. Oh, yes, he did steal third the other night. I did see that highlight. So fast. You know what? You kept saying that Tyler Wade can't hit. Well, he's kind of been hitting. He has. I really appreciate it. So I think you owe him an apology. I would give Tyler Wade all the apologies in the world. If he's, if he's going to be a hitter and he has all these other tools that he's always had, I mean, he's going to be the best player in the world. I love Tyler Wade. He you also know, had the I... smoothest slide into home the other day. Oh my gosh, yes! Oh man, and he just got up like nothing happened. He was just like, yeah, I just I just scored a run, no big deal. I, like, I've never seen anybody just be that cool, like, without even trying. This guy's got swag. He has swag. That's why we keep Tyler Wade around. He's got swag, he's got energy, he's got a good attitude about the game, and it's finally paying off. And he's really fast. 
Yes, yes. It does not hurt that he's also very good looking. Yep. Best looking guy in baseball. Best looking guy in baseball, that's for sure. But, um, so we were talking about something earlier, and I wanted to bring it back up again because this is important to me. Um, obviously, I don't want to keep negativity around on this podcast or, you know, when it comes to the Yankees and the playoffs and stuff. But Absolutely. We're very positive. We are. We're very positive. So, like, when I was younger, obviously, the Yankees won a lot. You know, they mm-hmm. won the 2000 World Series. 2001, though. I have to bring it up. Okay. All right. So... I couldn't stay up that night to watch Game 7. You know, they were playing in Arizona. It was late. It ended up being an extra inning walk-off. Ugh. Just terrible, terrible memories. But I have to say that next morning when I came downstairs, I found out they lost. You know, we were watching SportsCenter. When we were kids, we used to watch SportsCenter every single morning. Like, my mom oh, would be me like... Too. That was the only thing we could watch. So, um... We were watching Sports Center, and then all of a sudden, there was this montage they played of like the the World Series, um, just the entire series, and they played music behind it. You know how they do that sometimes, where they have like a song mm-hmm. and it's listed in the corner. So, the it's montage- always Imagine Dragons now. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and I love Imagine Dragons. Like, great, great band, phenomenal. Haven't seen them. Yet. Ah, what is that? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that was a weird noise. The aliens, I think. Um, All right. Anyway, so they played this sad montage and I like curled up in the corner. I was very, very sad. And guess what song was playing? What song? You're you're never going to guess because there's so many songs. Wherever you will go by the calling. And I cannot listen to that song to this day without crying. (laughs) Because it reminds you of 2001. Yes. Oh, no. Yes, it is terrible. Just every time I hear that song, I just picture Roger Clemens like, ugh. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it's 2001 all over again. Like, I'm in fourth grade, and I'm in the corner in my living room. Okay, well, what about this? Say the Yankees do lose the World Series this year. Stop. And in. I know, I'm, we're keeping in the negative tone. And in the okay. Sports Center recap, they play an Imagine Dragons song. Can Never. you ever listen to Imagine Dragons again? Oh, I can listen to Imagine Dragons. I just can't listen to that song. Mm. Whatever the song is. The Calling was like a one-hit wonder anyway. So, you know, anytime they pop up and I'm just like, oh, because people are like, this is such a great song to sing to. And I'm like, you are slowly killing me on the inside. Like, just sticking your hand in my chest and ripping out my heart and just watching me bleed all over the ground. That's how passionate I am about my hatred for that song. Yeah, that was super graphic. (laughs) Yeah, well, I watch a lot of vampire shows. It's fine. Okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, do you have anything like that? Like, Uh, I don't know if I have any songs associated with stuff like that. I do remember, I also have the worst memory in the world for things that happened before, like, 2010. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I was 15 in 2010, so it's, I should remember those things, but I just don't. But the 2017 ALCS, uh, when we lost the Astros in Game 7, was, like, collectively the worst night of my life. Mm. It was, I was, I was in the city. 
hanging out with somebody I should not have been hanging out with at that time. And yeah, bad thumbs down. And I was with all of her friends from her uh, from Virginia who I did not like whatsoever. And I was just watching CC get dominated by Justin Verlander. And then the game ended and I left and some drunk guy threw up on me on the train home. But I shouldn't say on me. It was on my shoes. It was on my shoes. But yeah, just... I'm, so- I'm sorry I brought up such terrible <laughs> memories. That was so much worse than mine. Never mind. <laughs> no, it was really it was mostly a normal night until the Yankees lost and then it was the end of the night where the guy like it was that moment where I'm just like on the train home and I'm just having a shitty night and this guy just throws up on my shoes and I'm like, that makes sense. That of course. seems to track with how this night's going. Yeah. What's next? Was... <laughs> Am I gonna get abducted? Like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm up for anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just take me now. Yeah. Oh my so, god. So yeah, that sucked. I am uh, so sorry. I definitely didn't, like, I can still listen to all the songs I used to listen to. Nothing was ruined for me forever. Oh, okay. Yeah, me either. Just kidding. That was, it's definitely ruined for me for the rest of my life. I don't know. Like, if I, if I'm, like, at my wedding and that song just, like, shows up, I I will walk out. Can't have it. I can't. You gotta have more control over your wedding playlist. That's gotta be, like, you can just... Talk to DJ. Play anything you want, just not this song. If Here's you play this list. song, I will not pay you. Here's my list of what you cannot play for your own safety. Just one song. <laughs> just I'm going to start a riot. I'll start a riot. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, but that was probably the, the worst morning of my life. But the yeah, best morning one. of my life, 2003, baby. After game seven, I didn't stay awake for that either. See, we were kids. We just went to bed way too early, you know? Absolutely. I, how dare our parents deprive us of staying up until 11 o'clock to watch the World Series? I know. Like we didn't have school the next day. Like, we could have been witnessing every single second of a true dynasty. Instead, we were g- going to bed... Waking up, going to third or fourth grade, and uh, just being like, yeah, the Yankees won, but I didn't get to see it, so I don't know what happened. Cause... Yeah, and what if you didn't have time to watch SportsCenter in the morning? Then you have to get secondhand accounts like an idiot. Exactly. And we all know that secondhand accounts nowadays, nobody describes anything correctly. So, yeah. Oh. Also, going back to CC. How he was good from the bullpen the other day. Yeah, he was. I, I mean, liked it. What do you think? Is there like a certain mindset that comes along with that? I mean, I know that's kind of what they're going to be planning on doing during the postseason. Um, well, kind of, sort of. I, I mean, they're they're going to well, they're going to utilize their starters a little differently. I wouldn't be surprised if they used kind of CC as as coupled as like a you know, an opener type thing, but, you know, having their starters go yeah. just a couple of innings. Um, is there is there a different mindset coming out from the third or the fourth inning to pitch if you're a starter? I mean, obviously I'm not in CeCe's head, 
but I know the general consensus among relievers is that if you come out in relief and they say, all right, go, go get us one, two innings, like you're just emptying the tank. But I think if that's the case for CC, that's huge because, you know, he's got to save a lot when he's a, when he's a starting pitcher. If he's trying to work deep into the game, like he's got he's to leave some pitches out. He's got a, you know, second time through the lineup, he has to change the repertoire up. Like you have to do so much as somebody who doesn't have the same stuff that he used to have just to still get major league batters out, which he can do. But then if you take him and say, all right, you're seeing the lineup one time now, then just throw the kitchen sink at him, see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get what they're, and also like going on to their, their postseason method, like, I get what they're trying to do. You have such a great bullpen. You want to get to that bullpen as soon as you can and mix things up so that, you know, your pitchers aren't seeing the same batters, you know, three, four times in a row. Um, But it really does worry me. Like, I I don't really know how to describe it. I get really, I, this is like one of those things on Twitter that is a huge pet peeve for me. When old people say, like, back in my day, the starters used to go seven innings no matter what. Like, yeah, but back in your day, we didn't have the same numbers that said, hey, when these guys see the starting pitcher for the third time, the numbers get a lot worse. And now we have all these, like, if you were a reliever in the 80s, it was because you just weren't good enough to be a starter. Now, if you're a reliever, you might be the best pitcher on the team. So here's my other question, too. Like, you know, I know that they're going to be using Paxton as really their only official starter during the uh, during the postseason. What about Tanaka? I mean, like, Tanaka has proven in the postseason he can toss a good six or seven innings. If he's tossing well, are you going to keep him in or are you just going to go straight to the bullpen? Are you going to risk that? Uh, my gut says yes, because I know, I mean, we've seen Tanaka plenty of times just be dominant for an entire game, but also, you know, in the postseason, when really two swings could be the big difference, and you look at the numbers of Tanaka going through the third time through the lineup and how much worse it is, and how much, like, people, he gives up long balls the third time through, and it's just, I don't know, if it's, if it's a close game, I wouldn't, maybe if you have, like, a five, six run lead, I'd say, all right, go see what we can get out of you. And then, you know, if shit starts going sideways, we have fireman Tommy Canely coming in. Tommy tight right. pants in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy tarp slide as well. Tommy we tarp call, slide. We can call him that now. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's such an interesting method. And I, I totally see what they're trying to do because their bullpen is by far one of the best. Um, yeah, it's a weapon. Use it. Right. I just worry about overuse and pitching multiple days in a row for certain people, um, especially in the playoffs, because, you know, some of the pitchers haven't pitched in the playoffs before, um, yeah. you know, haven't had that opportunity. So who knows what's going to happen? It's a totally different animal. Um, but like I was just thinking, especially in terms of Tanaka, you know, because we know he can go seven strong innings sometimes in the playoffs. Um we call him Octanaka. 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 Oh no! Who <laughs> yes. calls him that? Who calls uh, him me, that? Me. Just, oh no! Octanaka. 
just just to it's save like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a cosign on that. I also call him Octanaka now. I'm cosigning it. <laughs> it's October Tanaka. I just <laughs> love to combine words. So anyway, yeah. if we're if we're going down on the ship, uh, like this is gonna be a podcast ship that we're just going down with. <laughs> Octanaka. <laughs> Octanaka. <laughs> So we'll see. I mean, we'll see what's going to happen. I also heard this week that they were talking about doing a five-man infield with Zach Britton on the mound. And I kind of like it. I love that. Right? I mean, he just gets ground balls. Yeah. Gives you more of an opportunity to stop those uh, cheapy base hits up the middle. Don't really have to... Mm -hmm. You don't really have to utilize a shift or anything like that, necessarily. Um, unless, you know, someone just constantly hits the right side, you can always put that third infielder on the right side as well. But you have Tyler Wade, who's a great defender who can just come in. If you sub him in for left field for defense, right. Then you can just bring him in. Cause I mean, if you're at the point where Tyler Wade's coming into the game or Zach Britton's coming into the game, Tyler Wade's probably not getting in that bat. No, no, not in the least. Um, but like, having that five-man infield and then having Brett Gardner and Aaron Judge man the outfield, I, I'm i okay with that for yeah. a random fluke in case there's a uh, a Duncan base hit. I don't know, you know, but yeah, I, I read that. And at first I was like, well, that's weird. I'm like, oh, oh, it might work. this could work. I mean, it's. It sounds like Aaron Boone and, um, you know, the Yankee staff are trying so many new different things and it's worked for them all season long. I mean, I don't know why they can't at least try that and and see what happens. Booney said something awesome about shifts the other day that I feel like people just don't acknowledge when a hit goes through the shift. Or he's like, yeah, sometimes you're going to get beat on the shift, but if you don't shift, then sometimes hits that go into the shift are doubles instead of singles that just dribble through. Like, yes, finally, someone who gets it. It's not just about preventing the hit, period. It's about preventing a damage hit. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I'm going to bring up Ultimate Frisbee. Um, You know, (laughs) when we play, like, zone in Ultimate Frisbee, we'd rather have people, you know, you take those, like, short passes as opposed to, you know, biting on those short passes and giving them a a wide-open, deep look. You know, it's it's the same type of thing. You just don't want damage to be done. You can, uh, and of all people, Zach Burton can work around a ground ball single. Like, if there's a guy on first base, that's no problem for Zach Britton because all he gets is ground balls. And if you have a five-man infield, all of a sudden, I mean, you're just begging for a double play. Mm-hmm. You just have Tyler Wade standing on the base. He doesn't even right. have to field. You just have him standing there. I mean, I would hope that it would be something that they would work on in practice. I'm sure they would. Um, so they could kind of get that, you know, if the ball goes here, who's covering second base? You know, things like that. The yeah, like the logistics. actual... Yeah, the logistics of how do you, if one does get into the outfield, who's cutting the ball off and who's covering where? Right, right. But I mean, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a pretty decent idea. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of proud of Aaron Boone and and the staff for kind of, you know, utilizing those stats and you know just looking at Zach Britton and be like, this guy, all he does is give up ground balls. Maybe we can help prevent that a little more by doing the five man infield. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the time to get weird with it. This last week, right now, 
I would like to see it tried at least once in a game and see yes. how it goes. Yes, I'd feel so much more comfortable with that. And um, by the way, Aaron Boone, manager of the year? Yes, no. I I mean, he's my manager of the year for sure, but I don't know if he'll win because I feel like Yankees managers. It's like the Yankees, the Dodgers, and I know Cora won last year, but like the big market teams, the voters just look for a reason not to vote for. They're like, oh, you're supposed to win 100 and something games. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, 28... yeah, but look at how they did it. <laughs> with 28 guys on the uh, on the IL, no, I you're not hit supposed 30. to win. I think we hit 30 people going on the IL. Oh, my God. And it wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't Mike Ford's getting called up for two games and then going on the IL. We're like, we're not playing with John Carlos Stanton the entire year. As much as Yankee Twitter hates him, he's an MVP. He is. Very good at baseball. <laughs> you hear and that, Aaron guys? Judge he's, is very, a months. he's very good at baseball. Very good. Very good. I mean, Aaron Hicks we've barely had. Uh, Didi we were missing most of the year, even though Yankees Twitter also hates him. Like, I mean, the way it was done with everybody coming up, there's no way Aaron Boone's not the manager of the year. Right. I mean, just uh, listen, and especially if, if he does not get manager of the year after that freaking hot mic tirade with the uh, the savages. Oh, like, that was awesome. He did not just, you know, spark his team. He sparked a movement. The entire world is like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, that that blew up John Boy. Yeah, yeah. He, was like, re- he was like pretty popular, but I feel like ever since, like, he was really popular within Yankees Twitter, and now it's like, I mean, I think he went on MLB Network to talk oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. And I was like, this is the craziest thing in the world. All this is because they happen to have a microphone on Aaron Boone saying, my guys are fucking savages in that box. Actually, I was going through uh, I was going through couples costumes for Yankees players today on Twitter. I so saw like, that. That was fantastic. Edwin and the parrot. And so, someone was like, Aaron Boone and savages. And I was like, huh, I don't know. And they're like, I was like, how would you dress as a savage? But then, of course, I was like, Brett Gardner, duh. So, yeah, um, obviously. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. And they're like, well, why not like a savage in a box? And I was like, oh my God. Yikes. So many couples' costumes. Like, you want to be creative this year instead of being like, I read an article today about the popular costumes this year uh, Powerpuff Girls, Sexy Mr. Rogers. Um, yeah. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sexy Mr. Rogers? It's a costume. How? You can make any costume sexy by just eliminating half the layers of clothing. I hope I don't see that. That's going to really mess up my childhood. Well, apparently it's popular this year, so you very well might see it. Who came up with that? I don't know. I did. <laughs> I mean, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. <laughs> I finally did it, everyone. After, like, my fifth episode on here, I finally got James to be speechless. See, he doesn't, he doesn't even know what to say. Doesn't even know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to react to six, sexy Mr. Rogers. I just, that's never something I thought I would come across in my lifetime. Well, he doesn't know how to react because he's definitely going online to try and buy that costume for himself for this year. You found your costume, didn't you? I'm going to look it up right now just to see how much it actually costs. How yeah. much does it cost to be sexy 
Mr. Rogers. And while you're doing that, I want to just uh, cover real quick this uh, ESPN article I found yesterday um, by David Schoenfield. Because you know how all the all the home runs that have been hit this year, there's a whole new single season record for you know home runs by everybody. Well, he wanted to count down the worst home runs of the year. Oh, okay. By like the far, short porch home runs? <laughs> none of them were at the short porch, actually. None of them had to do with Yankee Stadium. Okay. Um, but the worst one, where is it? Oh, the Was it Christian Vasquez going 285 to Pesky Pole? No. Okay, so this, the number two is Shed Long. You remember that name, Shed Long? I do. Yes. I was really excited for Shed Long for like three seconds before he got traded again. Well, Shed Long hit a home run off of Garrett Cole on September 8th in Houston, um, where apparently Houston gives up the worst home runs of all time just because of the way the ballpark is laid out. Um, yeah, it's weird. I don't care it, for it. Had a 95.2 mile per hour um, exit velocity in the lowest 4%. And it cost Garrett Cole a perfect game. No. Yes. Oh. So, so Greg, he almost threw a no-hitter the other night, right? I, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, Garrett Cole, apparently he struck out 15 Mariners in eight, eight innings. It threw 96 pitches. And... The only hit he gave up was Long's home run. Wow. That's got to stink for him. Right? So, number one, the worst home run of the season, according to um, ESPN, was Andrew Benintendi's 309-foot fly ball off of CC Sabathia, right down by the pesky pole. I hate the pesky pole. You know what the exit velocity? The exit velocity on that one was? 89. 87.7. Oh, it was too high. It had an expected batting average of .005. And it just happened to be a home run against CC Sabathia. Of course, of course. Well, CC gets soft contact. Doesn't really account for pesky pole, apparently. So if you haven't read this article by ESPN, I highly suggest it. It is pretty hilarious. Um... He covers uh, 13 different home runs that are just the worst, but um, goes into a lot of detail in the final five. And the last one, of course, is Andrew Benintendi, which makes me laugh because it's a Red Sox player and they're always complaining about the short porch at Yankee Stadium. So, Yeah, I have a screenshot saved on my phone of Christian Vasquez hit like the bottom of Pesky Pole. And it obviously they have to show the distance and the distance says 285. Um, are you really going to complain about the short porch right now? Wasn't Christian Vasquez... No, I'm thinking of Brock Holt. Brock Holt was the one who hit for the cycle in the playoffs off of Austin Romine. Yeah, I hate I hate Brock Holt. And I he was like, like oh my god. Listen, don't like Brock Holt, love his kid. Cute, cute kid. Yeah, no, Brock Holt's the worst. He's just... He's Dustin Pedroia, just not as good. Yeah, and he picks fights he can't finish. Yeah, he had to let Joe Kelly go out and get beat up by Tyler Austin. How dare he? What a terrible teammate. Tyler Austin making a return to the playoffs. I know, I saw that. Same with uh, Ben Gamble. His buddy Ben Gamble's on the the Brewers, too. 
That was, I mean, I love seeing former Yankees. We've, we've talked about this a lot. I just love seeing former Yankees, like, do well. Right, right, especially in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's really cool for them. I really do wish them luck, and especially after all the Brewers have been through with uh, the whole Yelich injury. You know, yeah. they've, they've stormed back, and they look good. So, yeah, kudos. I think the Brewers were my preseason pick to make the World Series out of the West. And, oh. and their pitching just collapsed in on itself. Yeah. But the yeah. offense is good. Yeah, they definitely look good. I mean, they're they're going to be a fun team to watch. I remember it, it's they're like a really weird team. I remember I saw the night that they clinched. I looked at their run differential. It was zero. Like I don't even know how that's possible. What is it now? Now I'm interested. I've, I've made myself interested in what this is. Their run differential now is only plus nine. But, like, out of all the other playoff teams, the next lowest run differential is... Let's see. 117 for Tampa. So they're over 100 runs less than the next worst run differential team. But they made the playoffs anyway. I hope you just saw, like, that information being processed in my head. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here just, like, looking very confused, and then I'm thinking, like, this this might be a thing. And then I'm shocked. Yeah. Well, this is not a math podcast. We we don't do math well here. Mm-mm. I lied. It's 101 for St. Louis. I did bad math, too. I shouldn't <laughs> even say that's bad math. That was just bad research. So, considerable. Well, it was research on the fly, so we'll give you credit for that. That's perfectly fine. True. Also, research on the fly, a sexy Mr. Rogers costume costs $60. Yeah, doesn't it look good? I'm not willing to say. Okay, Because right. Mr. Rogers was a very big part of my childhood. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to traumatize <laughs> you like that, but... Yeah, well, it was going to happen anyway. I'm kind of glad that I have... Like, I can expect it now. Like, I'm just going to be walking. I, I hope I don't see a lot of costumes while I'm walking to work. But if it's, like, offices that do costume parties, like a happy hour costume party after, and people just wear their costumes to work, I don't know if I could just handle walking down Broadway past, like, 30 sexy Mr. Rogers. I just think that would really mess me up. I understand. I get that. And you know what? It costs 60 bucks for very little clothing. So hopefully people will not buy it. Yeah, I'm sure plenty will do homemade. But. Sure, sure, absolutely. It's pretty easy to do. <laughs> okay, I, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> yeah, we'll wrap it up there on something that just maybe ruined my entire life. But. You're so welcome. I'm so, aren't you so glad you asked me to be on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this is great. This is, We were doing really well. I think this is, what, our fifth or sixth? episode together yeah probably and, yeah so it took six episodes for you to completely ruin my life okay yeah see you next week okay <laughs>